Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Let's do this. Are you ready for me? We're going to have a heck of a lot. Today is going to be gnarly. The enemy is probably saying, when is it not gnarly, mate? You know, because there's two accounts to every story. It's what we receive from the story and it's what the enemy experiences when we bow down in front of truth. You and me have to exercise faith so we don't see in the moment the effects of what we believe in. But if we believe, we will see. This is a very special Sunday. I get to talk about two things that I love the most. And I know that even if you're religious, you're with me on this one. And you're going to say, ah, I don't know. And I already know. I'm telling you, you're going to respond like that. But I'm going to teach you how to understand who you are and why. Why? Say to someone, why? 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 Angie, why? <laughs> We're going to talk today about love and hate. And you should love it. You're going to love every second of it. Because you should be loving a lot and you should be hating quite a bit. And you say, ah, oh, dirty word, Christian word. <gasps> oh, God is all love. Culture, religion, stupidity, Pinterest teaches us that we should not hate because God is all love. And God doesn't change. It's unmutable. It's unchanging. But I bet there's some hate in the story. And in your life as well. And if you don't have any hate, you're in the wrong place. But don't worry about it. We'll just clean it up in a minute. You know, I'm just poking with your ribs and your religiosity. In a minute. Not pointless. Not for the sake of sensation. Because this is not an experience that has to touch your feelings and your little thoughts. Because you're human. God is more than human. So if he only touched your human thoughts, eh, wrong place, wrong verse. But if we allow God to teach us how to hate, that's something that not a lot of people have prayed. Only brave people teach this. And only more than brave people live it day in and day out. Are you ready? Are you already judging me? You can lift your hand. You're judging me. Great. There you go. I'll prove it, baby. Let's go. Woo! Okay. So from this, we have a physical location. And I love physical locations because they say the place that God chose for us to live this situation. Everything that you're living has a location. Everything that you are about, where you were born, the year, the season of your life, has a reason. We all love to say, hey, in that season of my life when I was 14, I remember. All of us regret leaving high school without actually learning something. All of us, actually, if we are honest, we go back 28 years old and say, if I could go back to school. Because we know we would do a better job at shutting up and paying attention. And the walk with Christ is exactly the same. We aim to think we know everything, 
But years later, we say we had no clue. And God says, I know. And heaven says, amen. See, we sit on places like this, full of information and no revelation because we walked it, but we didn't see where is going. We needed to be controlling of the situation. So we didn't gather the emotional stamina, what God was building with us. And we were, they, they didn't discover the mysteries that God was pouring into our heart, the flow of God on our story, on the situations that we were living. We were caught up in our emotions, our feelings, our rights, and our wrongs. And when I said rights, it was not what you did right. It was your human rights. <clears throat> see, and Jesus came to make us free and free indeed. And see, we have a man that was rejected in his context. He was the youngest of them all, and he was done. He was produced. He was conceived, not aborted, out of wedlock. He was ashamed of the father. He kept him out in the fields. He kept him where he could work for him, but he could not represent him. And when we are with God, sometimes we approach our faith like someone that knows God, but does not represent God. But that's a lie. That couldn't be further from the truth. If you know, if you learn, if you're teachable, if your love and your hate is pure, demands an action, and you only find the right action if you know that you represent your father. David came into the field. He came into the field on assignment. He had already been, and we all know the story. If I'm boring you, go suck it up. You know what? You're going to read the Bible, and you're going to learn something new today. Pay attention. Don't be so, up, you know. David went into the field with an assignment. After he was anointed king, he was your king, my king. Think about that. He was the seed. He was the king. Jesus will come through him. So you and me have to shut up and listen to David. And David was not liked even by his own family. We talked just a few weeks ago about what we have in our table. And once I was reading about the, his experience with the table, and I'm going to open another chapter and maybe another dimension for you. He was sitting on a table with the people that didn't like him. You set a table in the presence of my enemies. His brothers thought little of him. They didn't want him on the table. Not either his father. They were ashamed. They didn't think he could represent the family. This is the guy we're talking about. So this guy is doing Uber Eats. He got a gig. He's going into the battle. And he's delivering the cheese. And he's delivering the goods. He's delivering the bribing that the father had. He was old, it says. And I know nowadays we think what old things used to do, they don't know them now. now. But I will tell you something. The devil that is against your life is afraid that you lift your voice into the mountains, into your God, and say, hey, I don't know it all. And if you have the gift of tongues, I'll tell you something. If you start talking in tongues, the devil that comes against you every day, that right reminds you you're yesterday, that is pushing your today, and that is actually scheming for your tomorrow. He will be afraid of what you carry. 
That guy is in this story as well. He's old and he knows his tricks back there still are functioning if we're not focused. And David is trying to sum it up. It's just an example, a brother that went ahead in our faith. In our relationship with God, there's people that always are there to be a model, to be ahead and say, hey, wait, just, if you do this, mm, it might not be easy to think about it and just go this way, that way, better. But sometimes we think we know. So rejected, going into a fight that he was not summoned to because he was not experienced. You can put all your adjectives onto that. He's going in. And he does, he does not know that he's going in for the kill. It's like when you wake up and you don't know you're going to be generous. That you're going to have compassion on the person that is gossiping about you. Is that day that you have noticed that this person gets weird on the room when you arrive? But then you catch them and you say, you know what? They maybe need a coffee mate. You know, maybe they're full of self today. Like I was yesterday night when I went to Wendy's. That's just an application. That didn't happen. Honestly, not just tonight. <laughs> Maybe the afternoon. But who's judging, eh? <laughs> but David is right there in the application that he's anointed, that he's chosen. He doesn't have anything to show up. His brothers know it, but there's no justification. Nothing shows up in his life. Nothing. There's nothing that can say in his life and in your life, that you have been chosen by God. And I know it feels, and it sucks. It's London, baby. Just let's deal with it. And then he says, what is the context? Where am I? Okay. The Philistines, by definition, they are the people that sin. By definition, in Hebrew, the people without a covenant. They are now the Philistines, the people without covenants. Hey, the areas of your life that still are not saved, just remember yourself that a little bit. The areas of your life that still remember you, that you like and you crave, and you're still hustling and, you know, trying to bribe angels to come down and help you when you're trying. You know, those, you know, I know you never bribe angels, you know what I mean? But I try it sometimes. I say, Lord, just send something. <laughs> help me, Lord. You know what I mean? I don't want to get angry. I don't know you. Maybe you're perfect. But David and I, we're in another list where the dodgy ones now the philistines gathered the people without covenant gathered and they gathered their forces what they could do see that's why we're not called to be people that do we're called people that are and from being we get on but that's that's christian gossip right now let's go into the story so we are there in philistia but where we are there and we are assembled in Sokoh. Say with me, Sokoh. Now put uh, in the back, the back. Sokoh. Sokoh. I don't hear you. We don't move until you play, mate. See, I prepare. You just stare at me. You know what I mean? Like for an hour. So whatever. You know what I mean? Just judge me. Sokoh. Okay, 80%. We tried, Lord. They're not going to like this. You know it. They assemble at Sochoch in Judah. And what does Sochoch mean? It means tent and tabernacle. Opa. So the people 
without covenant, met with the people of God, and they assembled where? In Sokoch, the tents, the place of tabernacle, the place of defense. Are you ready for this one? The place that says you're bought is, is a statement. It's, it's not something that is going to happen. They met in a place of statement. Wonder why the story became so famous. It was a place of statement. So the people without statement and without covenant met with the God that was making a statement about his people and the king he chose because he chose David and he chose you. So wherever you are in your life and in your season, romantically, emotionally, financially, and stupidity, whatever it is, show the devil that you are with the God that draws a line. And I'll show you what kind of line. This place that is actually mentioned is Ephes Damim. Where were they? They pitched camp. They camped. They got comfortable. Where? At Ephes Damim. And I know this is all weird. But if you know what it meant, it meant something more than your Western mind can hold. So the people without covenant, they met with the people of tent and tabernacle at the place of defense. The people that were bought in Ephes Damim. That meant border of blood. Opa, you start sounding like Jesus, no? What do you think about? It's just give and take, you know what I mean? If it's the place of covenant, if it's the place of tabernacle, if the place of defense, we probably can call it where there's a line, a line of defense. There's a bloodline. So they were meeting in that place. And it, it starts getting a bit, you know, kind of, they started getting comfortable on the blood, but they were not taking actions. Like you and me, we hear from God, but we have no actions. We still deceive. We still go around the bush. We are not honest. And things happen in our life. And we blame. We blame the, the area of my life that has not been changed by God. Because when you hear about grace, you want to blame God for the things that he didn't change. I'm going to go deep. Can we? Should we go further? Or we want to just call the worship team again and we just call it here. Because sometimes we blame God for what he didn't change. But I am not taking the action. I am not meeting my enemy in the line of blood that Jesus has drawn in front of me. My line of defense, the tent, the tabernacle, places of relationship. I am not drawing my enemy from my relationship. I'm drawing my enemy like I was a heathen, a person without covenant, or my own strength. Lord, I'm weak and I cannot do this. Just if you could love me, grace is sufficient. Blah. We start quoting, you know, quoting the Bible to God. When we are not meeting our enemies in the line, camping where the blood was shed, on the border where there's a definition, where our faith stops being religion and it starts becoming character. And David was right there. He just got himself caught. Have you ever been caught up in a situation? Like you get into the place and everything is happy and all of a sudden, boom, they stop the car. You were with your friend. You didn't know your friend was packing. Been there, done that. No, no, no. You're a saint. You only go in connect groups when they're carrying the Holy Scriptures. 
Or maybe you're hanging out with a person that has a little bit of bitterness and you knew they wanted to talk about something and you looked for the moment to be alone and say, what's up? So you could ask about the gossip and you could sin secretly in your favorite way of sin. But the devil is so bad. No, no, no. We are bad. And that's why we need God. Because we're lost and we're getting found. And as, as long as I find myself getting found, I'm okay. But I cannot be dealing with my Philistine side if I'm not meeting it next to the bloodline. In the valley of blood. But that's just context. Don't worry about it. It's has nothing to do with you. If God's just touching you, you just put your hand up or ignore it. You know, don't worry about it. So we go a bit forward. Can we? Yeah. And then between Sukkoth and Asekah. Okay. They met. Where they met? They met in a camp. And they were camping in this bloodline, you know, this border of blood. Between the place that was the tent, the tabernacle, the defense, the declaration of being bought, and Asekah. And Asikat means a wall. And in general public, we say we, we're meeting between a sword and a hard place. We're meeting where it's actually tough. Between our relationship with God and where it gets tough. This is our daily bread. We're meeting when we don't have it all together. Every day, we are in that same valley. We're meeting and gather some thought and some strength with me. Can you be awake, please? Because you're looking at me a lot more awake today than ever. But can you allow God to come into the room? Some, some girlfriends are punching their boyfriends right now. But don't worry about it. I've been there and done that. Sometimes, mate, we got to be honest with the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, I'm more hidden than I think I know. But you know my thoughts. And I'm on that borderline of your covenant. And I don't know who I am. See, I experienced all this love that I don't understand how to hate. And I've been told that Christian people don't hate. But mate, if you don't hate, you'll never become a Christian. And I'll show you with the scriptures in a minute. Don't worry about it. It is not probably what you think if you're judging me. It says that they were in this place of relationship and difficulty. And all of us in this room, if we're honest, we're exactly in that place. At some point, in some area of our life, there's no way we can get wrong with this one. It's easy to preach this one. It's difficult to swallow. It's difficult to acknowledge. It's, it's difficult to say, if I ask right now, and we did an uncle core. Who is between a hard place and the blood? Mate, very few of us. <laughs> well, there, there's the, can we, should we do it? No? For fake, like the sake, you know, the sake of seeing the fake? No, no, no maybe not. No, let's protect it. Leave your shame outside. Don't worry about it. So we are there. And this is the context. But I'm going to add one little cherry to the pie on the structure of the actual story of today because we have not gone into the notes today. We're just giving you geographical locations and if you're getting anything from this, God bless you, good. Saul and the Israelites, Saul, Saul, the king that people asked, 
because they wanted to be like the others. See, every area that you have in your life that wants to be like the others, that's your soul. Keep it on frame and aim all your guns at it. We'll kill it in a minute. Just give it a second. Saul. Saul and the Israelites, the people of God, the person that was too fed up and so in love with their own reputation and the people of the promise. They were. They were where? Ah, they were in the valley. They assembled and they were camped. They were, they assembled. Assembling is an action, is, is an expectation. It's not only a geographical location. It's an expectation. They assembled. I don't know if you guys have done it. Maybe no one here has had a fight with anyone. But when you assemble, you're not like, hi. No, no. When you assemble, you're ready. And you take position. You know what weak knee you have, what weak shoulder you have, what weak area of your life you have. And you assemble. They were assembled. Saul, in love with himself, people of Israel, they were assembled. And what happened? They were assembled in a valley in the lowest part. And the valley, it was the valley of Elah. It was the oak tree. We have been called to be oak trees of righteousness. And always, and this is forever, just Make quote yourself, I will always be, every time I'm in trouble, I will be perceived and I will assemble as an oak of righteousness. Don't think of yourself, and this is 50% of your fight. You think that you don't have what it takes to defeat the enemy or to be in the attack or to take the decision that is the right decision. But God is saying, oi, wake up, you're an oak of righteousness. You might be in the bloodline, but you assemble yourself as an oak of righteousness. You might be low, but you're still an oak. You're still an oak. Seasons, lessons of life teach us who we are. We have been talking about how, how we've been made and highly favored. We are wired to do what we have. All of us have the potential to bring the kingdom in specific ways. Don't compare. Don't lose your time. Don't look left or right. Get busy doing who you are and do it the best way for the king that is in front of you. Be narrow-minded. The world says, no, you have to be open-minded. No, no, no. That could not be further from the truth. Be narrow-minded because the way to the father is narrow. You don't have to open your mind for the sake of the world. Who is the world? Did they create you? Is there lies? Are there lies the things that sustain you? Or is it the word of God that comes through when you are not enough and you see that he stood in the middle in your valley, called you an oak of righteousness, that his blood was a line that was actually a border between you and your Philistine side. When you were tempted and in that moment you call your friend and say, hey, if I don't call you, mate, I might look bad, bad, but really, really bad with you. But I'd rather look bad than sin because I love, I love that relationship, that place of tent, that sokoh. I want to be in relationship. And I'm not willing to give that space. See, this is the battle place. Are you ready? We're going to the word of God today. This is where we are. 
So now, let's dive into the story. We all have enemies. Either we like or we know. Either we know them or we don't. Sometimes we thought they were friends for seasons. Sometimes we, we thought they were family even. And sometimes, you know, voila, it happens. And we have this champion, that strong enemy. And don't, don't worry, you don't have to start judging everyone that has done th things to you. You know, so just keep it there and just start receiving from God because this is when it gonna, it's going to get really good. This enemy of yours, this Goliath, shouted to the ranks of Israel. He didn't, he didn't shout it into the king until this point. Why do you come out and line up for battle? He started talking about their reputation to the ones that didn't know who they were. Why are you lining up? I mean, you're not supposed to be the Christians. You're not supposed you're supposed to be the God, you know, the God that really provides. Why are you like walking home or biking because you can have a moment in your Oyster card and the, and the machine, you, you cannot top it off. Oh, no, I, I want to walk, I'm doing exercises. That's why you say to your friends. Ah, don't worry about it, that's not you, don't worry. So he stood and shouted, aren't you the people of the promise? Aren't you the people and why are you lining up? Am I not the person, the area of your life without promise? Why are you worrying about me? God is good. He will forgive you and forget. Don't worry about it. God, you know, he loves the sinner and he hates the sin. Lie. He hates both. And let's cross the line with this. It has come into the church a very big lie. I have said it. You have loved it when you were in, this, in the same place that I have been when I loved it. We think that God loves us when we are in sin. No, we're enemies. We're walking outside of covenant. We got to get our act together. We cannot be holy by ourselves. We have to stand in the valley like oaks of righteousness. We have to surrender. Like an army that has a covenant. A covenant means an agreement. An agreement means you don't do what you should not be doing. That's going to shake all your humanist theology. Come as you are. Hey. But it's not going to come like that. It's not going to leave you like that. So if you're really following Christ, you have to take actions. Pure love and pure hate demands action. If you don't hate sin, you are not taking the actions that are required to walk with God. I clean the church next week. We just need the, you know, the Wendy's to meet together. <laughs> it is what it is. Not being famous today. Why do you come out and line up? Why do you actually form yourself? Well, you, like, you throw your experience at me if I have no covenant. Aren't you the person that knew God? Aren't you the person that knew about God? And why are you so low today? Why are you depressed? Why are you doing this? Or the other? You can put the name tags into that. Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Period. That's a question. 
And I don't know if the Israelites answered it. Aren't you? Aren't you? Servants of Saul? Hmm. Servants of Saul. Israelites, servants, Saul. Saul served himself, so he didn't have people. Love, servant, like, yeah, let's just walk through this one. Serving is an act of love. Lo he loved himself only. He didn't love the people. That's why he was doing all what. Servants of the one that doesn't love us. Nah, there's no servants. No, no, we're not. See, because he didn't have covenants, he didn't have understanding. I was to have a relationship with God. You and me, broken as we are, we know, and we're serving. We might have a rough day in the field, but we're still serving. See, this is the promise bit. As we're getting our character aligned with what we have, condemnation doesn't come in because we have the hope of the one that still has his hand upon our life and is changing us, transforming us, not only modifying what we do, is transforming how we see the perspective. He is thinking, they are thinking in a fleshy way, like he is. He has no covenant. You and me, the people of Israel, has a covenant. We have it. So, choose a man. Big words, eh? And God said, I don't need a man. I need a boy. Theologians would say that David was around 4.2, 4.9, give and take between Ina and Courtney. <laughs> Big range. Ina, Courtney. Ina is in California right now. Courtney is right here. If you saw her worshiping, you see that she actually cleans the windows when she's worshiping. <laughs> you see what I mean? So it has nothing to do with external. Carnal people look at their potential, what they have, what they can give to the moment. Okay, I'm tall, I'm short, I have this gift. People like me, I can talk, I cannot talk. I can say things, I can talk that language. I don't know any of that language. You see what I mean? Carnal, no covenant. Remember, your carnal side, your Philistine side, I don't need me, I got him. That's the best you can do to your life, your relationship with God. Say, hey, when I was not, he was. So, you know, Chris, get a grip. Glory is coming. Today is going to be a different day. Amen? So this is, this is a man. He wanted a man. God said, ah, with the boy, he's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. And... Um, and God allowed him to come down. Because he asked, hey, choose a man and let him come down to me. And God said, I got a boy. I'll let him come down. Don't worry about it. And if he's able to fight and kill me, he will become, and we know the story, subjects, servants, and so on. But I think what the Jews of this moment, in time, what God is asking from us to think, what he's asking for us behind all the context and that is a real story. It's not some, you know, made up fairy tale. It is the story of you and me as well. It's not only the people of Israel. It's you and me. And I know people try to take the Bible and just kind of break it in pieces. But did I lie about your character as I was talking? 
about the situations that you're facing? I wasn't. So take the scholars and to have a walk of faith and know how the streets smell. And they will be able to locate themselves in position and location. Because what we need is not people that know words. It's people that live them. We're talking about people that know what love is. Love is not a thing that God does. God is love. And God hates. And we're called to hate what God hates. We're not called to sugarcone anything at all. So when you start giving excuses to yourself while you're in the middle of the night, early in the morning, say, hey, I don't have to become a slave. I can walk as an oak of righteousness. I can stay in the valley that has a border of blood. I can be part of the people that have a covenant. I don't have to be sufficient because his grace gives me power to walk differently. I don't have to need, I don't have the need for my own strength because he knows who I am. The Bible talks about in the last days, people will come and say, we did and we did and we that and the other to him. And he said, step away, I don't know you. It's not about doing for God. It's about walking with God. And David was a man in the eyes of God. Who is a boy in the eyes of a giant. Who is a dog even. Some versions are very cruel. You know, sometimes you're more cruel with yourself one day or the other maybe. On Tuesday you're really good but you just have that hiccup. And on Thursday you're like, I'm failure. But let's just jump all the way into the story. And in verse 20, chapter 17, it says, Early in the morning, David left the flock in care of a shepherd and, and loaded up and set out. He loaded up. He did this meditation time, quiet time. I don't know how you call it. He sat with God and said, hey, what's up with the day? Let's do this. If you leave your day into randomness, you will live random things. If you set your day under the shadow of his wings, if you actually come up and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to set my day under him. I'm just not going to do whatever feels good. I'm not going to do whatever feels or looks profitable. I am actually going to do whatever is good for him. And that's profit. That's what is eternal. And it just went like that. So he went into the battle lines. He left his things. And when he left his things, he left his past, what he knew of him, that was external. He kept with him his relationship with God. His brothers now were there. And he heard Goliath saying and shouting his usual defiance. And David heard it. And this is when it gets really good. I don't know if you know who you are. But God has been walking with us. The last weeks. Last two months almost. Trying to teach us how to observe. But observe from inside out. Sometimes we get really good at reading others. 
we're really bad at reading ourselves in the midst of a situation. We know everything anyone else ought to do. But we cannot fix ourselves. And don't worry, everyone sitting in this room has the same story. So you don't have to start you know, kind of playing excuses. So outside of excuses, David is in a minute. That he's asking what happened outside. Maybe David was secure of his relationship with God. Maybe he was not actually even putting it in a place that could be touched by an argument, an implication, even his own reputation. David was actually kind of saying, hey, you know what? What did this guy say? And, and about who he said it? Because, I mean, you can call me dog and kid and whatever, you know, whatever. My brother can say I'm proud and if you want to read the rest of the story, it's really good Christian gossip. It's really good. You can go in and just see all the family drama. Because maybe you're living the same. Maybe you should go and read it. Now you want to read it. What did his brother say? <laughs> but maybe you focus on what is the main idea. Is that David didn't listen to a brother that didn't understand him and what he was doing there. He was there to serve. Oh, that, is that the dirty word again? Yeah, we used it. We're there to serve. We were not there to be happy and clappy. We were there in a mission. We're not in our days, in our week, just to be happy. That's a wrong idea of life. If we're happy in our flesh, we will never be fulfilled. I'll give you a highway onto that little street, that little alley of London. Happy in your flesh is a little alley. Happy in the spirit is that God did what he wanted with you. And there's repercussions for that. And it's more than feeling a little, a little bus inside. David was there and he asked because he heard. He asked because he heard. What did he say? And see, you got to understand. And I'm starting to close. So all the ADD people can come back into the room. Shake your, your dust away. He heard and he had to, uh, to answer. He heard and there was a demand for action. David said, what did he say? Because each one of us has been anointed for a specific task. There are things that Deborah here can actually sustain a little bit of a flow and actually go through a conversation that maybe Courtney can't. Or maybe Carrie, or maybe Emily, or maybe you. There's some things that don't bother you that bother your neighbor. And your neighbor goes kind of frantic about it and says, Oi, what the heck is going on? You don't say that about the armies of the living God. You don't do that. You don't say, you know what, this, that, and the other. You don't smooth out. The atmosphere is impossible for you. There's a holy hate inside of you that cannot love the moment. You cannot really control yourself. You have to say it. See, that idea, wrong. And everyone will say, no, but uh, he's going to feel bad or she's going to feel rejected. 
wrong. You're going to try to do it in a way that actually acknowledges the human. But you're not going to call a left a right. And this is where the world is turning the church upside down. Because we never talked about what we should be hating. We talk about all the love. Teddy bear stuff. But should we be hating some things? Prove it, Chris. I'm going to do that. Malachi, really quick. Before we go to Proverbs, and the worship team hates me again. <laughs> it says, Malachi 1, verse 2 and 3 says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? He's talking about two brothers that love fighting like you and me. Yet I have loved Jacob. But Esau, I have hated. What? Wait, God said he hated? And I have turned his hill, his strong place, his place of responsibility, reputation, security, his hill country into a wasteland. And left his inheritance, what will come out of that, to a desert of jackals. Sometimes we don't understand that we need pure, pure love and pure hate. We have walked away from the concept of hating things because we're still hiding in the shadow of our own need. But God wants to make us free. That we understand grace in such a pure way that we don't have a, permiss a permissive faith but we have a grace that gives us power to love God in such a way that we can hate what takes us away from him. And this is what he says. I love Jacob, but Esau, the one that had no relationship, the one that threw away everything I gave him, because God gives birth, not men, not women. Quote, put it on Instagram. He gives birth. The choice of life and he says I hated the one that wanted to take that from my hand and do with that gift what it pleases to him what it was carnal Esau carn carne carnal flesh he was hungry and he forgave forgot about what God had given because he had a little need of our now of our little today he succumbed into the tricks of reason, of logic, his own little understanding. His character was not being molded. But Jacob, the liar, the deceiver, everyone could say the same story, probably even worse. He was looking for God. He wanted to be blessed. And God touched him. Dislocated the wrongs, his strength, the way he was walking. You can go to the Bible, you will see what I'm talking about. But he gave him an anointing to be a father of nations. See, we as a church, we need this anointing nowadays. An anointing that comes from God in us, that shows us why the heck we have favor. 
Why do people like you on your streets? Favor equals responsibility. I was taking my son to the airport the other day. There was a line, literally 1,200 minimum. He was passed into the fast track, first class line, 15 people. I was so happy that he got there by himself. He always thought that I had favor. I had favor in airports. I always knew that it was not mine. It was a family business. If you're traveling for him and he has something to say to you, he'll put you in first class, baby. And you don't need a seat to demonstrate that. You just need a cue. A little waiting time. My son looked at me and I said, you got into that line? Yeah. You asked the guy? He said, yeah, 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 I can go in. Yeah, yeah, he told me, yeah, go in. And I looked at him. Because when you know authority, you know the offer. The one that could stop him, they go in. He got in, a bit scared, maybe like David. At the other side of the queue, when he was in, he looked at me. He didn't want to cry because, you know, he still has the cheese and the bread for his brothers, you know. He didn't want to say, okay, that giant is quite big. But he was ready to show whoever talked about the one that you never talk. He was ready to hate. David was ready to hate on what was hating on God. People want to look for haters outside. That's not like a thing that we have in our culture here. But it's a thing that we have in our heart and we struggle with. We're looking for victims of our own repetitions. But God is asking, if you stand in that valley, full of my power, I will lead you. Not only to have my anointing, to have favor, to have my power. The repercussions of that is that I will have the authority to live different in that specific X area of your life. Second, real love, pure, pure love and pure hate from God demands an action. And it's out of the character of God. You cannot do it on your own strength. It's out of the character of God. It's not about what you know of the Bible. A lot of people know scripture, but they don't recognize the voice of the shepherd. Put that in your heart. You might know a lot of the Bible, but maybe you have not learned how to understand the voice of the shepherd. David said, he is my shepherd. Today, we're not only getting the character and the anointing revealed to us, empowering us, but we're getting experience because this atmosphere creates experience. That type of faith that walks, that type of love and that type of hate that demands an action creates an atmosphere of experience. You experience God and you are experiencing God. Not only what is said about him, you're experimenting him as a father. And that changes your perspective. It changes your thoughts. It changes the way that you are transformed, not modified, transformed 
guess what Malachi was saying? I love Jacob, but I hate Esau. Jacob, he wanted to be blessed, transformed. Malachi, he just wanted to feed his flesh, his need, his vanity. And last, pure love and hate from heaven. And I know it's kind of an awkward title, but if you can take it, if you have that kind of faith that said, Lord, I want to hate what you hate. I don't want to love everything. I want to love what you love. And if it doesn't have you, I want to hate it. I want to stay away. Leo, pure love and pure hate demands a relationship with God to be defined. The things I would do, the seal, the respect, the way I will walk with wisdom, the way that you will actually teach yourself, hey, don't say that, don't be lame. Don't walk like a lame person. You have been made whole. You don't have to be triggered by that. You don't have to lose your hope because of that situation. You can still walk because you know, because you have a relationship. So today meets us in the battleground. Meets us in a place that we have to come into that bloodline, that border of the line that is full of blood. That is actually for us because there's a covenant. That people that have not made a decision for God have not been able to access, but through us they can. And the more we go to the valley ready, knowing who we are, the more they'll be able to join in. They don't have to miss it. But we have to go down to the valley anyways. We have to show our presence. We got to walk like oaks of righteousness. Today, God is trying to lead us into opening our minds. There are some things that we have to start hating in our character, in the relationships that we hold dear sometimes. Things that we say, hey, that doesn't produce relationship, that is not part of walking with God, that doesn't show the favor that is in my life, that is not for me, I'm going to hate it. We're here to walk differently so the world will know what's the direction, how is God like? So Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we hear your voice. And Father, we have nothing to hide from you because you know us. Father, we know that there are areas in our life that don't reflect your covenant. Don't reflect that blood, that covenant that you have paid for us, Lord. Father, that don't reflect the generosity of heaven. Father, that don't reflect that strength, Lord, to be against a hard place and still understand because you are with us, we're more than victorious. Father, there are areas that we're not asking what the heck the giant says. Father, we're still passive in our faith 
in so many areas, Lord Nave. But Father, you have a grace that gives us understanding and gives us strength, Lord. Father, that we can talk and walk on a favor and about a favor. That, Father, leads us to have responsibility and order and understanding. Father, today, today, teach us how to love in a way that he hates what comes distant to you. We are not the ones that will hate people. We will hate the lies, the shame, the lack of walk. Father, the structures that are trying to destroy our covenant. Teach us today, Lord, how to walk with you, to have fruits of that walk. Not to know about someone else's walk. Father, today we ask that you will clean our hearts. Clean our hearts, Lord, and our minds from our arrogance. Knowing that because we know verses, we know you. Father, if it's not the day, if it's not the way, and if it's not true, would you clean us from our hypocritical, religious arrogance, Lord? Jesus. Jesus. Lead us. Teach us how to love and how to hate. Father, if we do it in our strength, Father, we will break and we will wound others. But Father, if you lead us, we will know your character. We will understand the anointing in our life. We will have the experiences that will teach us how to move. And Father, we will grow in a reputation that will lead us into all truth through you and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.